0: Greetings to all my tech heads out there in the KevTechify nation, and if you're new here, welcome. In this episode, we're going to look at mitigating VLAN attacks. We'll be discussing VLAN hopping attacks, VLAN double tagging attacks, mitigating VLAN hopping attacks, private VLANs, private VLAN edge features, and then finally configuring private VLAN edges. This episode is part of my series on network security. I'm Kevin here at KevTechify. Let's get this adventure started. Two types of VLAN attacks are VLAN hopping attacks and VLAN double tagging attacks. In a basic VLAN hopping attack, the threat actor configures a host like a switch to take advantage of the automatic trunking port feature enabled by default on most of the switches. The threat actor configures the host to spoof 802.1Q signaling and the Cisco proprietary DTP dynamic trunk protocol signaling to trunk with a connection connecting switch now if it's successful the switch establishes a trunk link with the host and so what's what's happening here is this thread actor is creating an 802.1q trunk connection so this nic right here this nic has to support 802 There's a bunch of interfaces out there, NICs, that do support that. Once the threat actor has this trunk connection into into the switch here, now that threat actor can access all the VLANs on the switch. The threat actor can send and receive traffic on any VLAN effectively hopping between the VLANs. Because this trunk has all the VLANs worth of information, because this trunk right here has all the VLANs worth of information, this client down here now can see all VLANs worth of information because it is a trunk. A threat actor in a very specific situation could embed a hidden 802.1Q tag, and that's that VLAN tag, inside the frame that already has an 802.1Q tag. So you could hide an an extra one 802.1Q tag inside of a frame that already has an 802.1Q tag. This tag allows that frame to go to a VLAN that the original 802.1Q tag did not specify. How this works is the thread actor sends a double-tagged 802.1Q frame to the switch. So we have our thread actor down here. This thread actor once again establishes an 802.1Q connection. That means this NIC here has to support it. You have to have a NIC that supports 802.1Q. You establish your trunk there, taking advantage of the fact that uh, most ports by default will ne- negotiate to a trunk connection. The outer header has that VLAN tag of the threat actor. So the outer tag has the VLAN here that that um, threat actor has. And we're gonna say that the threat actor here is in VLAN 10. So by default, he should be able to see all of VLAN 10. But what we're gonna do is inside the frame, we're gonna create, um, we're gonna set up an inner tag and that inner tag, 802.1Q tag, is gonna be for VLAN 20. The frames arrives, arrives here at, at our first switch. So the, the frame makes it up here, the first switch, which looks at that first four-byte 802.1Q tag, that outside one. The switch sees that the frame is destined for VLAN 10, which is also the native VLAN, and that needs, that's key. It needs to be the native VLAN. The switch then forwards that packet out all VLAN 10s after it strips off that VLAN tag. So it, it forwards it out. Because it's a trunk, it gets sent over here. It's sent there. It forwards it out all the ports after stripping off that VLAN 10 tag. Now, the frame is not re-tagged because it's part of the native VLAN. Because it's part of the native VLAN, it's not re-tagged. At this point, that inner VLAN tag, that VLAN 20 tag, is still intact and has not been inspected by the first switch. The frame arrives here at our second switch, so now that frame makes it to the second switch. and has no knowledge it was supposed to go to VLAN 10 because all that information VLAN 10 back here on switch one, that was all stripped off and it doesn't exist anymore. So on switch one, that was stripped off. Now all we see is this inner tag here on the second switch. And by sending it to that switch with that 802.1 specification, that second switch only looks at that inner tag because it sees the tag there. It says, hey, that this frame is now destined for VLAN 20. And so the second switch sends that frame out on the target or it floods it out depending upon where their MAC address is, but now it goes to VLAN 20. So we started over here in VLAN 10 with the threat actor. We double tagged it. The outside tag had the VLAN 10, which was our native VLAN, got sent up to Switch 1. That got stripped off, but our inner tag of VLAN 20 was still in there because it went across the trunk connection to our second switch here, and the switch looked at it and said, oh, there's a 802.1 tag, it's for VLAN 20. Now they're able to jump VLANs here. Once again, this is a very specific case, very specific situation that happens. You need to be able to set up a trunk to the first switch. You have to have two switches. You have to know what the native VLAN is So you have to know what the native VLAN is. You have to start off sending that frame in the native VLAN. Then once it gets up here, it strips off that outer tag, sends it across the native VLAN. Second switch gets it, sees that embedded inner tag of VLAN 20, and then it's sent out VLAN 20. If you like this episode on mitigating VLAN attacks and you get value out of it, and depending upon the platform you're using, please click that like button give a five-star rating, leave a comment, subscribe to my channel. Doing this supports the channel, which in turn helps me bring you more great content. You can also visit my website at kevtechify.com for all of my details on how to get these episodes in video and podcast form. There are several steps here to mitigate VLAN hopping attacks. First one here is to disable your DTP, your auto-trunking negotiation, And how you do that is by using the switch port mode access. Once you say this is an access port that disables that auto negotiation for trunking. The second one here is to disable all unused ports. That's where we do a shutdown on them. And then once we do a shutdown on them, we also put them into a VLAN that's not used. A lot of times people call this a parking lot or a dead VLAN. You put all the VLANs that you're not or all the ports you're not using into that VLAN. It doesn't get routed, it doesn't just get associated with it. A lot of times it's blocked from going from one switch to another switch. Third one here is to manually enable the trunk. Once again, we go into the interface, we specify switch port mode trunk. fourth step here is to disable DTP, Dynamic Trunking Protocol, Auto Trunking here, negotiations. So this sounds a lot like step one, but what we're doing here is we're disabling the negotiations here on the trunking ports. For step one, it was negotiations on non-trunking ports. So step one here, this was for access ports, non-trunk. This is for access. This here, this is for trunk ports. Now, to disable the auto negotiation for trunk ports, we use switch port non-negotiate. And then finally, the fifth step here is we set the native VLAN to not one. One is the default, easy to guess. Every example in the world usually uses something like one. So change it to something you don't use. Create a special VLAN, call it a parking lot, any ports you don't you're not using. Put it into that parking lot VLAN. And how we change that here is once again you're you're in that interface. It's switchport trunk native VLAN. So we're changing the native VLAN here, and then you specify the number. 999 is our parking VLAN. You would put that number in there. Private VLANs, sometimes abbreviated PVLANs, PVLAN. Most people I hear say private VLANs. Now what a private VLAN does is it provides layer two isolation between ports within that same broadcast domain. Now there's three types of uh, private VLAN ports, promiscuous, isolated, and community. Promiscuous ports allow, um, basically it hears everything. So here in this diagram, we can see that we have this, all the information from every VLAN. Every port is coming into it. That's, that's what would be our promiscuous port up here. Then we have isolated. So in our broadcast domain here, VLAN 105, our broadcast domain, these are isolated ports. This laptop cannot communicate with this laptop because these ports are isolated. Over here, community ports, meaning all VLANs within our broadcast domain. So we have a broadcast domain. They can communicate with each other. So. Here's an example of sort of what this is. Now, because these are in different broadcast domains, they can't communicate with each other. Here's an example of an attack. Now, to mitigate an attack here, we configure ACLs, access control list, that will deny traffic with a source and destination IP addresses that belong to the sub- same subnet. Some applications require that no traffic be forwarded at layer two between ports on the same switch so that one neighbor does not see the traffic generated by another neighbor. Now in such an environment, the use of the private VLAN edge feature ensures that there is no exchange of unicast broadcast or multicast traffic between the private VLAN edge ports on a switch. Now the private VLAN Edge feature is also known as protected ports. And so these two devices down here cannot communicate with each other because of the application that is running up on the server, it, whatever it is, it won't, it's not designed to let those two see what, what is happening. And so there's, when we use that private VLAN Edge feature, there's no communication. There's no exchange of unicast broadcast or multicast traffic. To configure the private VLAN Edge feature, we enter the command here switch port protected on an interface. Now, the private VLAN Edge feature can be configured on a physical interface or it can be configured on an ether channel group. When the private VLAN edge feature is enabled for a port channel, it's enabled for all of those ports within that port channel group. To disable a protected port we use the no switch port protected command to verify the configuration of your private vlan edge feature we use the show interfaces command with the interface id fast Ethernet 01 serial 00 and the private vlan edge feature is a feature here that only has local significance to the switch So it's only local to the switch and there's no isolation between two protected ports on different switches. So if you have two protected ports on different switches, there's no isolation there. All the ports need to be on that same switch. It was my pleasure to provide you with this wonderful episode on mitigating VLAN attacks. If you like this episode and you got value out of it, and of course, depending upon what platform you're using, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. This all helps me bring you more great content. Please take a minute to subscribe to my channel. All of my socials and contact information are on my website, cabtechify.com, and you can get all these episodes in video and podcast form. In the upper right is my playlist for my series on network security. In the bottom right is one of my videos I think you'll really like. Thank you so much for watching this episode of my series on network security. Once again, I'm Kevin. This here is Kev Techify. I'll see you next time for another great adventure.